Good afternoon, friends. It is time to tee it high and let it fly. Welcome to the 15th Club, Hour 1 of Sports Saturday on this Veterans Day where we honor all members past and present of our military. I'm Scotty Sayers, and we're in the back room at a very lively Dirty Martin's place in the shadow of the University of Texas Tower, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, the Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Muni Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Edel Golf, Zilker Belts, and Tyrios, a new way to invest in real estate. Visit Tyrios.com and our friend Sammy Joseph. Right now, without further delay, we are going to go to the Mighty 590 KOBJ Live Line, Fort Worth, Texas, and Ed Clements. Ed, are you at a tailgate? Are you at the Dykes house? Where are you right now? Scotty, I'm en route to Eamon Carter Stadium in traffic. Man, oh, man, there are a zillion people out here clad in purple. We see a few Longhorn fans, but it is going to be, bottom line, a well-attended football game in Fort Worth, uh, your old hometown, as we look forward to what could be a very meaningful game for the Texas Longhorns because of what's happening today around the country. Uh, the Longhorns really now have a excellent, excellent avenue to the Big 12 championship game. And also what's going on around the nation, they've got a really good avenue to possibly get to the national title game, Scotty. Well, I'm looking at the scores, Ed. I see that uh, Florida State has popped ahead of Miami 20-13, to 3.51 left in the third quarter. Uh, and Washington has just scored to go ahead of Utah, 33-28, oh. with the extra point pending. So what looked good about 30 minutes ago for Texas uh, may be no movement in the top four. But uh, like you say, these close calls do have an effect, right? Oh, they do have an effect, Scotty, and I, I think the voters are going to look at that. And remember, Washington is playing at home against Utah, Utah with their second-string or third-string quarterback. So I know, as you said, Washington has this lead, but they go on style points now. And I think we're going to see style points extraordinary tonight when it's going to be the Oregon Ducks hosting USC. So it's all about style points. Michigan won earlier today uh, against uh, a a very good – well, I say very good. It's a, a, a team of Penn State that can be very good, but they can be very, very average. But Michigan won today. So uh, it's about style points. But the bottom line for, for me and for Ben, and by the way, Ben's with me here, Texas just has to take care of business. Uh, they've struggled on the road this year. They lost at Oklahoma. Of course, a neutral site, but they almost lost at Oklahoma. Uh, excuse me, at Houston. So the Longhorns just have to take care of business tonight, which I think they will. But as we talked about earlier today, Scotty, uh, Sonny Dykes uh, has never lost to the Texas Longhorns. Never lost to the Texas Longhorns. He's 3-0 and against Texas two years when he was coaching at the Cal Bears and, of course, last year at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. So it's not a given that Texas will have an easy victory tonight against the Frogs. Ed, I know that uh, Sonny and his family, they've been close to the Clements for a long time. Did you and Ben pick up any special intel when you were at the house here over the last couple of hours? How, what's the mood? No, the only, they... the, well, the, the, the only intel we picked up was some uh, finger food and some Michelob Ultra, Scotty. That's what we picked up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, no, I think it, it's been a strange year for, 
for uh, TCU because going to the national title game, and Ben, you can expand on this. I think I'm, I'm not sure a lot of people think TCU is going to win this game tonight. Ben, what do you think? Uh, let me interject real quick, Scotty. I will say from from what I've heard around TCU fans and TCU faithful, they know this is a lost season for them. And at this point in the final game against the Texas Longhorns, their only interest the rest of the season above getting to a bowl game is playing the Texas Longhorns, Longhorns spoiler. They want to end the Texas season tonight, and they want to kiss the Texas Longhorns' hopes for a playoff berth. Sayonara. Well, they certainly would do that if, if, they, if they beat Texas. Now, um, Max Dugan certainly a hard a hard quarterback to replace, but they've lost a lot of other uh, key players to graduation to the NFL. And uh, Sonny, does he have a good stable of young players going forward, Ed? Well, he does. He's got Josh Hoover. His, he's a true freshman quarterback from Heath, Texas, who uh, struggled last week against uh, Texas Tech, and the Texas Tech went over TCU. But Sonny recruits so well, and the transfer portal is so big. Remember, uh, Sonny's gotten a lot of players from the transfer portal, as is Steve. And let me tell you what, Steve Sarkeesian got the gem uh, of all gems in the transfer portal this year when he got A.D. Mitchell, the wide receiver. Wow, what a performance he had last week against Kansas State. So it's, it's going to be fun to see, but I think TCU is a little overmatched. But again, they're playing at Amon Carter Stadium. And, Scotty, you know, we are Longhorn historians, and back in 1961 – TCU upset the Texas Longhorns in Austin. And what did Coach Roll call TCU that day, Scotty? He called them a bunch of what? Well, roaches or what was it? Something Cock- like that. Cockroaches. There Cock- you roaches. go. He said they're like everywhere. And uh, Texas has dominated the series year after year. But for the last dozen years, with Gary Patterson at the helm for TCU, now Sonny Dykes, it's, it's sort of been a different situation as TCU has been very competitive with the Texas Longhorns, but these two teams are going in a different trajectory this year. TCU, of course, their great year last year where they got all the breaks in the world, and this year the Texas Longhorns, well, they're getting the breaks. I don't know, Ben and I are going to talk about it next hour. Texas had the big break at Houston with the great uh, spot, and then last week when Chris Kleiman of Kansas State, another purple-clad team, decided to go for uh, the touchdown instead of going to an extra period in, in uh, uh, overtime. So the things have, been, have gone well for Texas. So uh, just going to be interesting to see how the Longhorns react on the road in a hostile territory. And ironically, I think when, as we get closer, we just went by Mama's Pizza, Scotty, seeing <laughs> of some uh, antics by TCU. But we're seeing more Longhorn fans, but a whole lot of purple. So uh, this is a prideful TCU team. And they remember just a year ago all the great things that happened with them. So I expect a very competitive game tonight. I will be surprised if – I don't think TCU, I don't think Sonny Dykes will let his team just lie down for the Texas Longhorns. I tell you, strange things are happening in the Big 12 today, Ed. Uh, Oklahoma State is getting beat 38-3 to by the University wow. of Central Florida. We thought that since they had the newbies – on the rest of their schedule, that they were just going to waltz into the Big 12 championship game. And, boy, it doesn't look that way right now. It really doesn't. And watch tonight, Oklahoma and West Virginia, that game has taken a whole lot of meaning. Uh, it will appear that with this loss, Oklahoma State will now have two losses. K-State 
two losses. Oklahoma, two losses. Then here come the tiebreakers. So I don't know about you, Scotty and Ben. I don't know if Texas wants to see K-State again. What do you think, Ben? No, I did not. No, guys. So at this point, Texas controls their own destiny. And and even nationwide, Scotty, as, as you just said, you know, 30 minutes ago wasn't looking good, but things are changing around the national scene. So Texas, if they can handle business and get to the Big 12 championship undefeated and get a victory, there is a significant chance that we see Texas – playing in New Orleans in the playoffs. Well, maybe. I, you know, we talked last week, and, and Ben, your quote was, win, baby, win, after we yep. uh, skated past Kansas State, and we're very lucky to do so. You said it doesn't matter uh, how you win as long as you win. Well, I mean, Washington and Florida State are both experiencing that same thing, and Washington's just intercepted a pass for looks like a touchdown to – increase their lead but uh you know it's it is at this point in the season i think it is just win and they're playing good teams washington and utah is a very good team florida state's playing miami which is a maybe a little above average team but uh sometimes you just gotta gotta get by and scotty we are approaching the, the, the part of the season where there are style points so when you play those unranked teams as a as a hopeful for the playoffs, you have to take care of business. And I know the coaches don't care about covering spreads, but you need to cover these spreads. Style points matter this late in the season. Well, we'll uh, we'll see how we'll see how that goes on on Monday morning when the ratings come through. Now, uh, this is strange. Washington intercepted a pass, and as the defensive back was running it into the end zone. He just drops the ball on the one-yard line before he crosses oh, no! the goal line, and floor and uh, Miami pounces on it. So, what was going to become a 15-point lead? Nope, or a 12-point lead? Not anymore. Florida State's oh ball. My oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm sorry, Utah's ball on the one-yard line. Good gosh! Well, it's it, you know, it's 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 interesting. You know, you get so excited, and I know Scotty, when you played football in Fort Worth here in Fort Worth when you were a kid. Uh, you probably got excited during a game, too, and you might have done something as crazy as that, but those things could affect the rest of this game. And uh, it's so – Washington, 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 you know, they've got they got to take care of business, as does Oregon. So uh, very interesting times, very, very interesting times and everything. I just think yep. it's going to be a tremendous night of football, not only here but across the nation. I'm looking forward to, to see what Georgia does with all this because Georgia – even though they had a good win last week against Missouri, and Missouri is winning today over Tennessee, it's just a fun time to be around college football. We are now approaching Frog Alley, Frog <laughs> Alley at St. Amon Carter Stadium, as we're looking forward to a, a great night of football. As man, oh man, this is my first time, Scotty, in uh, uh, Fort Worth for a TCU Texas game in a long time, and they really have got the tailgates out of play. Well, now there's a safety. Washington just. Just tackle the Utah running back for a safety. So it's 30-35-28. We're going to take a break. Uh, Again, we are at Dirty Martin's place. Ed and Ben are in Fort Worth. And uh, we're going to call on you for one more segment. And uh, this is the 15th Club Live. And uh, we are just an hour away from UT-TCU football. We're back after these messages. We're back on the 15th Club. And... uh, 
the strike's over. The SAG strike is over, and the actors are back at work, so I know Luke Wilson is excited. This is the 15th Club, and we are live from Dirty Martins, where there are drink specials, people gathering to watch UT and TCU at 6.30 tonight. Let me give you a scoreboard update. Miami and Florida, Florida, Florida State is still up 20-13. to 13. Florida State ranked number four, and Washington is currently leading Utah 35-28 as they move into the fourth quarter. And then the stunner, University of Central Florida 45, Oklahoma State 3. Ed, that's just, uh, that's Johnny, incredible. That's <laughs> it is incredible. That's Gus Malzahn, who was the former coach at Auburn, who is just, just really, this is an, un, this is an unbelievable score from down in Florida with this. It really, really is an unbelievable score. It is. Okay, Ed, let me ask you, uh, you've been to a lot of Texas TCU games in your lifetime. What's the most memorable that you ever went to? You know, Scotty, I got to go when I was a kid in 1967 here in Fort Worth, and I saw Chris Gilbert run for 200 yards against TCU. I think that was a memorable, memorable game. And I also was there when uh, the Longhorns lost when John Magadick was head coach, so good and bad, but really the the Chris Gilbert year when I was a kid, and I love Chris Gilbert. That team with Corby Robertson and those guys, that was probably the most memorable. You know, uh, but remember the year that we beat them, eighty-one to sixteen, and uh, Billy shot the kicker for Texas. Billy sure shot our friend. He asked Coach Royal if he could go in and play wide receiver. Uh-huh. They threw him a six-yard completion. And he ended up the fourth leading receiver on the Texas team that season. That's how little Texas threw. Uh, that was un- <laughs> unbelievable. It's just weird. Now, I went to a game in Fort Worth in 1962. Uh, Sonny Gibbs was a quarterback for Texas. And uh, TCU, I think uh, Bob Lilly, I think he was still playing. And Jack Spikes. Texas beat TCU three to two, three wow. to two, and uh, that was that was the year that uh, uh, anyway Coach Royal was getting ready for the national championship year in '63. So um, let me line... tell you something, Scotty. Look, can I tell you something about this? Yeah, we are here at the stadium. We're walking towards an area where we're going to be having a little fun. And I've not been here. You've got the football stadium to the right, and we're walking a hallway right by the basketball arena. The improvements they've done here at TCU are unbelievable. This is really, really something. A big practice field for football, the basketball arena, and it's all right here, close in, right off campus. It's really phenomenal. Do they have enough money to uh, to pay some of these players through the combines up at TCU to get some well, good players? I, I, I think so. We, we both know some well-heeled TCU alum who are on the TCU Board of Regents. So I think, you know, they're going to compete in NIL, but nothing like we have at the University of Texas or Oklahoma or USC. All right. How about a prediction? I know you and Ben are uh, are headed for the Dan Jenkins press box, uh, named after our dear friend, and uh, um, that's that's got to be fun to go see Dan's name on that press box when you walk up there. Yeah, I, you know, I never got to go to Dan's house, but I remember from his backyard he could see the stadium, which is really, really cool. 
Well, yeah, he could when he grew up and lived over in Forest Park. Then later on in life, he moved over by where I grew up on Lafayette Street, and you couldn't see, you couldn't see anything. I mean, you could. I mean, you could. There, were, he was down at the bottom of a hill, but when he grew up, yeah, he could see that stadium for sure, Eamon Carter Stadium. So, Ed, are you there? Okay, we've lost Ed. Um, maybe he'll call back in with predictions. Back to the scoreboard. Uh, Florida State, 12 minutes, 24 seconds to go, still leading Miami, 20-13. to 13. Washington, 38, Utah – Washington, 35, Utah, 28, with 14.02 left in the fourth quarter. We're going to talk a little bit of golf next hour. There's a, there actually is a PGA Tour event. Uh, and, uh, Ed, you're back with us. I'm back. Uh, I'm back. Okay, you got a prediction for the game. I know you're just a, a couple of minutes from walking into the stadium. Well, my prediction is I think Texas is going to win 35 to 24. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Yeah, yeah. Texas wins 35-24 in a hard-fought game. Okay, really Ben. So. Ben, you got a number for us? Well, Ben is walking in front of me, so he has no access to to our stuff. So, Well, do you think yeah. Ben put a wager on the game, perhaps? All right, we've we've lost Ed again. He's he's going in and out of the of the stadium over there at Eamon Carter. Um, I personally think I think Ed's pretty close to what it's going to be. Thirty five seventeen is what I look for. I think it it might be close early on, but TCU doesn't have the manpower to stay with Texas. Although what they do have is Sonny Dykes, and he somehow finds a way to. He finds a way to coach against Texas every single year. So three and zero against Texas, and uh, that's going to be a it's going to be an interesting evening and a definitely a rowdy crowd with a night game in Fort Worth. We'll be back from Dirty Martin's on the Fifteenth Club after the news to talk a little bit of golf. Welcome back to the Fifteenth Club. We're live from Dirty Martin's place. In the shadow of the UT Tower as we await the kickoff of the TCU-Texas game at 6.30 tonight. The 15th Club is Hour 1 of Sports Saturday. We'll be followed at 6 o'clock by the End Zone Club with Ben and Ed, who are both up in Fort Worth, headed for the press box at Eamon Carter Stadium for the game tonight. 15th Club is brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, and our great friend Rob Gillette is the GM there. Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Muni Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Edel Golf, Zilker Belts, and Tyrios Real Estate. Go to Tyrios.com for a new way to invest. A couple of updates uh, in the top four teams, or top five teams at least. Washington still leads Utah with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, 35-28. to 28. And Florida State leads Miami now 27-13. to 13. I am uh, sitting here at the Mac Brown table at Dirty Martins with a longtime dear friend of mine, Knox Fitzpatrick, who grew up in Austin uh, playing Lions Municipal and uh, went to O. Henry and Austin High with Ben Crenshaw and myself. And Knox lives in Dallas now, but comes back often to play at Lions Municipal. And we played this morning 
in a little uh, tournament with some friends from Houston. And, and i got to tell you, the course is so much fun, especially for match play, and, and I found it to be in good shape, Knox. Welcome, welcome to the 15th Club. Thank you, Scotty. It's a, a privilege and a pleasure to be with you. And here at fabled Martin's Comeback, Dirty Martin's. You know, people forget that it was called, you know, called Martin's Comeback Place. And uh, they sort of branded it that way when they put the hard liquor bar in years ago. And then, you know, they expanded the back where we're sitting today. It used to be a gas station back in the, I guess, 100 years ago. This, this place has been here 97 years. Well, I can recall in a college in what was then the back room called the Friendly Tavern. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was a friendly tavern, uh, especially to some college kids who like to drink cold beer. And occasionally, uh, might I say, uh, they don't do this anymore. They're very careful about it. But back in the day, they would uh, serve you a beer if you were under 21 years old, perhaps. Well, I can't claim that, of course. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was good times at the Friendly Tavern. Yeah, for sure. They were quite a cast of, uh, of great, iconic cooks, waitresses, and the owners, and it's it's still that way. It's a great place to come uh, before or after UT football games. Let's talk about uh, Muni, and I know you've been uh, most helpful, and you you see save Muni signs, I think, in in Highland Park and throughout North Dallas. It's it's amazing how that effort and the idea has spread. We do, and there is a uh, uh, there's tremendous support in a lot of places that would be unexpected. You know, what's interesting is, uh, one, it was in tremendous shape today. thought it was really great playing today. And the support uh, for the Save Muni uh, movement, of course, is led by great, well, you, of course, but great golf professionals, legendary people like Ben Crenshaw and Sergio Garcia, tremendous uh, musicians and artists and preservationists and environmentalists. But to me, the most, uh, the greatest group that supports it are the families and children of this community who come from all over the city uh, to have good, clean, uh, good, clean fun playing golf. Kids learning the game of golf, the greatest game there is. Uh, sportsmanship, fellowship, competition—it uh, it can't be beat. Yeah, and uh, it was tremendous being out there today with you and others of our close friends uh, playing an old golf tournament. We did. We played uh, uh, Tim Wooten and Greg Frazier from uh, Houston, and we had a we had a wonderful match. It went down to the last hole. We ended up tied and walked off and just had some great fellowship. And um, what you see at Muni, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, Knox, because you talked about we saw kids out there on the putting green. We saw every... Uh, level of income out there. I mean, you see people in paint whites hitting balls when they get a break from their job. They go out there at lunch and hit balls. Or you see lawyers with their tie tucked into their shirt on weekdays hitting balls. It, it's, a, it's amazing what you see out it's there. It's a great place for community. You see paupers and you see princes playing golf at Muni, working on their games uh, in a tremendous green belt uh, facility uh, you're out there with nature and uh, it's just a sense of uh, community and uh, of course 
it's an iconic place. Uh, the legendary uh, civil rights uh, central for golf in municipal golf in this state. Uh, and uh, it's a come-together place. It is. Uh, and we will be celebrating 100 years of Lyons Municipal all through 2024. We have our Imagine Muni 3 uh, special event down at ACL Live on March 24th. And then we'll have our 19th hole party May the 9th, our Forever Green Tournament May the 10th, and a big celebration in October uh, when the course actually opened in 1924. It opened in October of 1924. And you, you think about that, it's two years older than Zilker Park, and you take yourself back to Austin at that time, and the uh, University of Texas leased that land to the Lions Club for a dollar, and then the city took over the lease in 1936 when A.W. Tillinghast came in and put in the irrigation system, uh, worked on three of the holes here. It's got such a tremendous history with Hogan and Crenshaw, Kite, Spieth, uh, Kathy Whitworth, Betsy Rawls, Sandra Haney, all the people that have played there over the years. Uh, like you say, Knox, poppers, entertainers, every race, creed, and color. And this weekend, they're celebrating the veterans with a special rate for veterans to come out and play at Lions. So, uh, Fantastic. Yeah. And, and I know you live in Dallas and, and are active with the Salesmanship Club that does so many things for charity uh, through the um, – what do they call the tournament now? It's not the Byron Nelson. It's the uh, this year uh, will be the CJ Cup Byron Nelson. Okay. With the gigantic uh, 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 Korean uh, conglomerate uh, CJ, which is very active uh, in a lot of things, but are enthusiastic golfers. They'll be a tremendous sponsor for our tournament, and uh, we're 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 pumped up about it. Uh, uh, there in McKinney at Craig Ranch uh, in McKinney. It's been a tremendous success, uh, of course, through the years, but the last years in uh, at Craig Ranch, and uh, we couldn't be happier about this new sponsorship. It's, it's great that you've kept Byron uh, Nelson's name on the tournament as part of it, along with recognizing your new sponsor, obviously. But uh, at Salesmanship Club, there's a lot of moving parts that go in to the running of a golf tournament. There's a lot. It's more than just putting on our red pants. Uh, we have people who, uh, in the club who are so dedicated to putting it on, but we have a tremendous number of volunteers throughout the community and throughout the country who come in to volunteer to work, our, uh, work the tournament. And, uh, uh, of course, one of the great things, the time of year it is, you bring in a lot of people, you're getting the summer started, and uh, it's just always a, it's big fun uh, at the Byron Nelson, now the CJ Cup Byron Nelson. Well, they are playing a PGA Tour event this week. I know everybody's watching college football, but the Butterfield Bermuda Championship is taking place, and there's a lot of money at stake and a lot of uh, status for next year for some of these players. Alex Noren is leading at 19 under par through the third round, leading Camillo Viegas, who nearly won a couple of weeks ago. Now, Alex Noren was uh, probably in consideration as a wild card pick for the uh, European Ryder Cup team, and I know he'd love to be on the, on the team at Beth Page. 
in two years where it looks like Luke Donald may be the captain again, and I would uh, salute that choice because Luke did a great job. Why wouldn't he be the captain again? Tremendous captain. He had those guys just – they had their game faces on. They made it happen. They did, and he seemed to stay out of their way, but he he punched the right buttons. He picked the right – wild card players and they had a great week by the way kramer hickok former ut golfer and uh and former dallas resident uh he's in sixth place at this tournament and he's uh boy he's had a, a really good fall now the champions tour charles swab cup and it looks like steve stricker has wrapped up uh first place in the charles swab cup for the year steven alker uh, is 15 under par, leading Alex Seca, uh, who's 12 under, and uh, Y.E. Yang and V.J. Singh, and Ernie Els, 11 under. Some great names uh, from the past on the PGA Tour, but uh, Champions Tour has their Charles Schwab Cup going. All right, we are going to have a F1 report from Las Vegas in the next segment. For those of you that like F1, if not, you can just listen to John Paul Bear uh, talk about what's going on in what is uh, the favorite city for Knox Fitzpatrick, who's here at the Golfers Roundtable, and myself, Scotty Sayers. This is the 15th Club live from Dirty Martins on KLBJ. We're back after these messages. I, I got to tell you, we're sitting here at the Golfers Roundtable, but we're, we're going to switch it over to the uh, End Zone Club at the top of the hour with Ben and Ed, but uh, I'm here with my dear friend Knox Fitzpatrick from Dallas. And uh, Knox, in the scheme of things with NFL football songs, that's the best ever, right? <laughs> the, the Houston Oilers fight it's, song. I haven't heard that song in a long time, but it's a lot of good memories. Yeah, Bum Phillips, Earl Campbell, Kenny the Snake Stabler, Dante Pastorini. It, you know. And uh, that Oilers baby blue, fantastic. That's right. Well, this is the 15th Club. We are at Dirty Martins, uh, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and ABC Bank. Uh, we are going to go out to Las Vegas, Nevada right now, one of our favorite towns, and the head coach of the UNLV Rebel Golf Team, John Paul Bear. JP, what's happening out there? Is uh, F1 in your neighborhood yet? Yeah, they haven't quite made the tra- uh, extended the track all the way out to my neighborhood. Uh, but nice, nice to be with you guys, Scotty Knox, both of you. Um, I I can just I can feel the atmosphere there at Dirty Martins from way out here in Las Vegas. <laughs> there are people starting to filter in as we get within uh, 35 minutes of the TCU Texas game. Uh, John Paul, I wanted to talk to you briefly about the TGL announcement. Uh, have you been following that at all? This is the new uh, Tiger Woods uh, kind of simulated golf that's going to be on ESPN starting in January. And they announced this week there's six franchises. There's the Atlanta Drive uh, with Justin Thomas as the captain the Boston Common Golf Team that has Roy McElroy, Adam Scott, Terrell Hatton, and Keegan Bradley, Jupiter Lynx, Tiger Woods is the captain, Los Angeles with Colin Morikawa, New York, players to be named later, and San Francisco's players to be named. Now, this will be simulated golf 
Tuesday nights, not competing with the PGA Tour, mind you, but uh, another way to watch golf, and they'll hit shots into a simulator in front of a crowd of about 1,300 rabid fans, and then they'll the short game will be actually hitting shots in this stadium they've built. Does this hold any interest for you, John Paul? <laughs> I can't. I... <laughs> Did I explain that right? <laughs> the TGL. Yeah, well, that was quite an explanation. I, I can't say I'm super familiar with it. You know, um, I didn't. I didn't think that a lot of the th- a lot of the things that are popular in the game now that that I've kind of come around to, such as you know, short golf courses and um, you know, night golf and. You know, who knows? Maybe this is something that will attract more more players and more people to the game. The game is, I think it's in a good place. It tends to, it seems to be growing in popularity among people of all ages. So who knows? Um, I did see Tiger Woods last week caddying for his son in, in Louisiana, and he was walking pretty well. It didn't look like he was limping, and he didn't look like he was ready to you know, maybe stop competing. No, you know, in fact, he said that his uh, his ankle is in really, really good shape, and he was caddying for his son Charlie at the uh, at the tournament yeah, you talked about. At the Begay. At okay. And Nota Begay Jr., who was Nota in town this, with me just a couple days ago, and um, we hung out with the team, and then we went to In and Out Burger. So good to hang out with Nota Begay. Well, that's that's fantastic. That can't hurt yeah. your uh, team spirit or your recruiting either. Oh, I, th- he's great. I think going forward, tell me tell me a little bit about Charlie Woods. You got a chance to see him play, probably, or hit some shots firsthand. You know what he he kind of acts and plays a little bit like a young tiger. He's he plays. He's kind of kind of a fearless attitude about him. He's very focused. You can tell he's very serious about his golf. He's not really in great control of the ball. I saw him double cross one about 70 yards left with a driver. But, you know, who knows? He's still young. He's like 14, I want to say 14 years old. He's a freshman in high school. He's not as tall as Tiger. I would say he's probably 5'8", maybe 5'9". But he seems strong. He seems serious about it. I can't imagine what it must be like trying to be the son of Tiger Woods, and trying to be a good player. I, I can't even imagine how, the, how do you manage an expectation like that. I know what you mean. Now, my wife, Julie, was watching Charlie uh, on, a, on a little video clip and walk off the first tee with Tiger walking beside him, and she said, he walks just like his dad. He struts around the golf course with a lot of, uh, looks like a lot, a lot of confidence. He he does. I was standing right there in that video that she's referring to, he, um, and uh, he does. He he finishes just like Tiger. He kind of walks over. And <laughs> it's funny to see Tiger wearing a caddy bib and you know cleaning Charlie's golf ball, and then Charlie just kind of reaches his hand out like, "All right, come on, give it back to me." Um, but. Well, you know, Las Vegas, your favorite city. Let me tell you what's going on this winter. Formula One next week. 
We've got the Super Bowl this winter. National Finals Rodeo mid-December. Live Tour coming to Las Vegas Thursday, Friday, and Saturday prior to the Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know. I don't know. Has, uh, I'm sure you think this town can handle it, but, man, there's a lot going on around here. Well, there is. Plus, you got the Raiders. They're having a very mediocre to poor season, but you're about to get a baseball team, and I assume, you know, it won't be too long before you get an NBA team. Uh, just one thing after another. Knox and I have been going out there for years, and to see the evolution of that town and uh, – they just continue to jam more and more special events and more and more hotels into that however long the strip is, and it's it's fascinating. It's gone a long way since the garden room at the Sands Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> if only you could well, have experienced hey, that, John Knox, Paul, in the 60s. Been, I, I was sorry. I was just wondering if Knox has ever been in the back room of the uh, – Italian American club on. Indeed, I have indeed. It's a it's a throwback and a fabulous throwback. Yeah, we uh, uh, we've spent a lot of time there, JP, and uh, I got to tell you, I can't wait to come back out there and see. I know you're doing a great job with the with the golf team. Any uh, you want to make a quick prediction on the TCU Texas game? We got about a minute. Texas at TCU. Texas is at TCU. Yep. I, I think I think Texas is I think Texas is going to win by nine. Okay. I'll say That's Texas a, by nine. Okay, so they're not going to cover. I think it's a ten and a half point line, but just saying. All right. Thanks, John Paul, for joining us here on the Fifteenth Club. We will have you back soon. You're continuing your record as the guest that's been on the most time. So take care out in Las Vegas. Knox, have you got a prediction for the game tonight? I do. University of Texas by six points in overtime. All right. Um, Florida State continues to lead Miami 27-20. to Washington leading Utah with a minute 38 to go, 35-28. Stay tuned for the end zone club. Uh, At the top of the hour, Ed and Ben are in Fort Worth as we're 30 minutes from kickoff. Come on down to Dirty's and have a drink and watch the games. Thanks to Patrick back in the studios. We'll be back at Dirty's next week uh, before the Texas-Iowa State game. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ.